What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42, and we are here with another exciting installment of Overthinking MTG. Alright, so we're on the Gatherer. We're going to go ahead and scroll down, hit that random card button that we do every day, and today we are looking at the Rocks Faith Mender. Alright, so this guy is a rhinoceros human, apparently. Um, okay, well, wow. And so Rock's Faith Vendor, it's three generic and a white for a creature rhino monk. That is a 1-5. Its creature type is actually rhino monk, and that's exactly what it looks like. You've got a rhino wearing like a cloth shawl and a robe, very, very much a friar tuck kind of a thing going on. That's the vibe I'm getting from this guy, that uh, kind of traditional European monk, except it's got the head of a rhinoceros. So that's that. And it just seems to have it. Doesn't seem, you know, it, it just is a rhinoceros monk. Um, all right, so it's a 1-5 with a life link. Um, so when it deals damage, you gain life equal to the damage dealt. Okay, neat. I mean, the fact it only has one power, eh, but whatever. Um, if you would gain life, gain twice that much life instead. Ooh, all right. That's getting a little saucy, and that is going to completely negate my previous concern. So it only has one one power and five toughness. So we, when I see that, I immediately think blocker. Okay, we definitely have a guy who's going to sit back, be able to absorb a bunch of damage, and um, if the creature is especially small or especially squishy on the way in, if it only has one toughness, it might actually be able to kill the thing. Which in decks, um, you know, that run, that go wide with a lot of little creatures, blockers like this can actually be really beneficial. You know, blo the the big the big fat like zero power, five six toughness blockers are nice, but having that one or two tough or one or two power really makes a difference and can really be helpful in swinging the game in in your favor rather than just keeping you alive for a little bit. Um, yeah, and then this guy has an added bonus. So if your opponent is attacking in, not only do you have the opportunity to block the attacker, but when you do, you're going to be gaining at least two life on top of that. So in decks where you're running a lot of different life link effects, or you have payoffs when you gain life and different triggers happen, you have the potential of it getting out of hand here. So right now with a lot of the life gain shenanigans we see with the Johnny's Pride Mate, Bloodthirsty Aerialist, those types of uh, cards that put counters on it and are triggered every single time you gain life are concerned about the number of times you gain life, not the amount of life you gain. So Rock's Faith Mender doesn't really synergize perfectly with those strategies, even though you might look at it and say, wait, but it's life gain. You know, why would I not want to put life gain in a life gain deck? Well, you do want to have life gain in a life gain deck, but it all depends on how what type of life gain you're going for. If you want to beat your opponent with fatties, and those fatties get bigger because you have gained life, or you want to whittle your opponent down with something like Sanguine Bond, that whenever you gain life, your opponents lose life. If you want to do that kind of thing, um, you know, well, I mean, Sanguine Bond actually, Rock's Faith Mender would still be helpful, because in that case, it's each point of life you gain that counts. Like, that's really what matters. So, you have those options, but... Um, yeah, so I mean, if the trigger you're looking at, or if the payoff you're looking at says whenever you gain life, do something, then Rock's Faith Mender isn't going to help. However, if you're looking at, unless it says whenever you gain life, do such and such for each life, or you know, equal to the life you gained. Um, yeah, but being able to double all of your life gain could get really big if your payoffs are 
related to having excess life. You know, there's an Ajani right now that you win the game if you have, like, more than, I think it's, what is it, 20 points higher than, or, like, twice your starting life total, you, you win the game. Like, that kind of thing can be super powerful with a Rock's Faith Mender because it just ensures that that happens. There's also another amazing mono-white card in Commander that I absolutely adore. Um, actually built an entire deck around this little guy, and it He's not a very good commander, but in the 99, he he, he rips. It's um, Rune Tail. What is it, Rune Tail? Uh, Kitsune Ascendant. There, it's there's a cycle from Kamigawa of monocolor legendary creatures that actually can flip when you meet a certain condition, and when you meet that condition and they flip, they actually become legendary enchantments. The idea is they like gain enlightenment and achieve some kind of ascension where they're no longer bound by you know, the, the, their own physical forms and they become these other things. Well, with Runetail, once you have, I believe it's 25 life or 30 life, once you've hit 30 life, you flip him. And once you flipped him, the enchantment, the, that is, I believe, Runetail's essence, that enchantment has the static ability of prevent all damage that would be dealt to creatures you control. So the moment he flips over, you're playing on god mode. Your creatures just can't take damage. And so that's pretty great and pretty fun. And the best part about that particular card is it flips over immediately when you're playing commander because your starting life total is 40. So unless somebody in the first three turns... Oh, that's the other thing. He only costs three to drop. Just throwing that out there. But he is mono white. Um, Yeah. So... In a deck that can run Runetail in the 99 and consistently get that payoff. Now, you're going to want... The reason that he sucks as a commander is because it's mono-white and you're locked to just white cards. And that limits your options dramatically. There are all kinds of different places on the internet where you can see all about that. That is a discussion that has been going on just for an incredibly long time. Um, But to get back to Rock's Faith Mender... There are what life gain strategies with incredibly cool payoffs. Those exist. Those are out there. And this guy can slot into those beautifully. Because not only is he gaining you life, but he's also he, he's doubling your life gain, which is something that it's easy to dismiss life gain as being a strategy that isn't really that great unless you have some kind of really big payoff. But the truth is, being able to gain a bunch of life can keep you in a game for an incredibly long time. So as long as you have methods by which to slow down your opponents well, and ultimately stop your opponents, you can grind them out and outvalue them pretty consistently as long as that life total is rising up. Because really, the only strategy that doesn't care about that are ones that are running alternate win cons, like Tasa's Oracle, like Ajani, or ones that are milling you. And so in those cases, go you know, a long grindy game where you're not worried about your life total, but you're really worried about the cards in your library, okay, life gain doesn't help you in those situations. So there you know, there there are some bad matchups, but in the end, being able to gain life, like going up against a burn deck, gaining life is insane. Like, you know, that that's you know, Mono red aggro or burn hates life gain because they are purely based on damage. How much damage can I get to your face, and can I put enough of it there so that you don't have an op- that you can't get to your game plan fast enough? And life gain completely pumps the brakes on that. It makes it so that like okay, yeah, you're you're 
pumping out a lot of damage. That's great. Can you pump out twice that damage? Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, yeah, and this guy, I gotta say, uh, I like him. Rock's Faithbender, his stat line isn't great. 1-5 for 4 is kind of meh. Um, it's actually it's really expensive for what you're getting. And even with Lifelink, okay. But it's really that, that static ability of doubling all of your life gain. Uh, if you would gain life, gain twice that much life instead. That is, that, that's lovely. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So this guy, I don't know that there's a competitive place for him, especially in the current, uh, you know, uh, I, he's from M13. So I'm trying to think, you know, I think in terms of standard nowadays, like if he were to slot into standard, would he fit? And I don't think he'd fit in the current life gain strategies very well at all, um, except as he looks like he could fit in the sideboard against Mono Red Rush, because uh, that is something that we see a lot of right now. And this, you know, some a five toughness uh, backside that could double your life gain in the current life gain um, in the current life gain deck that we see out there today. Something like this as a way to really turn the to really stabilize and really just put your foot on the throat of your opponent's strategy if you're going up against a mono red rush or a um you know like a cavalcade go wide kind of thing this there's a place for it it might you know it could potentially work obviously it's not standard legal so that's irrelevant but you know yeah i don't know it's interesting and it's a it's a rhino it's a rhino monk who doesn't love a good monk rhino yeah let's go ahead and say that um oh and there's and there's flavor text. Can't forget the flavor text, because that's some of the best overthinking we get to do here. Roxes who live long enough to retire from war lend support with their extensive knowledge of combat injuries. Oh, that's pretty cool. So this monk, he is a former warrior. He's a retired soldier, perhaps a retired general, but a retired warrior who, as he's aged, at, has become more peaceful and has decided that he wants to help others and heal others instead of hurting them. That's really cool. I like that. Kind of the repentant rhino. That's really interesting. I, You know what? I would love to sit down and have a drink with this guy because uh, I bet he's got some stories. You know, it's not, and not to mention it's not every day you get to sit down and have a drink with a rhino. I mean, hey, that'd be great, right? Well, yeah, I'd love to hear the stories about the previous wars that uh, that he was involved in. Um, and also the rocks, uh, which R-H-O-X. If I'm not mistaken, um, I think there actually was a card that was printed in 7th edition, I want to say. No, it was 8th edition. I think it was called just rocks, which is, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, it was like a 5-5 five, five for 6 that could deal its damage directly to an opponent and could regenerate. But that was a much more bestial bestial it was a much it was a beast and it was very animalistic it was on all fours it had you know it didn't wear clothes so this i find interesting and i'm wondering i'll double check that make sure i'm not getting my names mistaken but i find it interesting that the, the name rocks comes up here as the name for this rhino people uh that's interesting i don't know the story behind that i'll have to look into it yeah m13 was right smack dab in the middle of my uh the years when i wasn't playing so that's interesting yeah, so Rock's Faith Mender. Good stuff. Rhino Monks. Who knew, right? You know, I know this game has all kinds of fun, weird stuff. I had no idea there was a Rhino Monk in this game. You learn something new every day. All right, guys, it's been fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. 
you can check me over at Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. I'm also in Discord. Check the description for that. Thanks so much for hanging out, and I will catch you next time.